0: 18 plus there
1: hey, we go everyone. hey everyone um i we're sorry for are i'll be right there uh, i just got to fix one thing right back
2: yeah we're having some technical problems uh, Russ, just to just to start this off uh, i said this on twitter yesterday and i got some positive responses this could be well this is one of the two times of the sporting year that is it's i call them like sinkholes these are the this is the worst time of the sports year there's no NFL. The NFL is like weeks away from training camp. Free agency in the NHL and the NBA is slowed down. Major League Baseball is on their all-star break. And all we had to watch last night and, and you, know, you know if you're into soccer, the World Cup ended on Sunday. So all you had last night was to watch was the home run derby. So I mean, you know, and that
3: i I've, you know, I used to watch it, but I don't really care you about miss it anymore. One. You missed something. Home run derby was great. Uh Bryce Harper hit about nine homers in, I want to say, thirty seconds or less to tie the uh, the competition up, and then he literally had bonus time, and he all he had to do was hit one homer in thirty seconds to win it over Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber, and so he did that. The amazing thing was, though, they had this little analytics crew, and I didn't watch every minute, right? I kept flipping back, and apparently they picked Reese Hoskins to come in dead last, and he didn't come in dead last. He he advanced. You can't, you can't do analytics on a home run derby competition when you've got a, a, a hitting coach grooving them in however you want and a player who could take a break and also get bonus time for hitting like a 466-foot homer. So these are things that when you start to do analytics, you look kind of stupid. And it even got down to the end where they were like, hey, Bryce Harper's got to hit like a homer every five seconds or he's going to be eliminated, so it doesn't look good. And he did that. He exceeded that. And that's where you can't accomplish something via math because the human body can do amazing things when it has adrenaline and you feel like you could do it. Plus, you have a pitcher who knows where to throw them for you. And when you put those two things together, there's no mathematical equation that will tell you how somebody's going to perform. So Brent Harper was great, and I think he saved the home run competition last night. Well, it's it in the what they fail to
2: recognize is this is not game conditions. This is not you right. don't have a pitcher there that's trying to strike you out. He's trying right. to groove it to you so you can hit it 500 feet. Right. So I mean, but you know the funny thing is, is that great Bryce Harper wins the home run hitting contest, and I looked, he's hitting 214 right now. So I think he's costing himself. A, maybe maybe he helped
3: his stock a little bit, but I think he. I think he did with that, but you're right. He probably cost himself a little. Um, one little side note. I still like the MLB All-Star game. I will harken back to 1979 when Lee Mazzilli got a home run to tie it and a walk off a very famous Yankee pitcher to win it. Who was the Yankee pitcher, Mike?
2: 79. Was it, was it Goose? Gidry. It was Gidry? It was one or the other. I mean, I wasn't sure. Gidry walked in, Lee Mazzilli, and
3: that was the winning run. Was that the game in Seattle?
2: I think it was in Seattle. That's the that's the famous game with the with the Dave Parker throw from he right throw from the outfield. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Please, I've I've seen I think sailed forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, any good? I think he gunned the guy out at home or at third base, I and mean, I it was at third. It was Seattle. Yeah, it was in the kingdom. Yeah, Dave Parker had one of the best arms, and see, this is the thing, and this was what, it, what sort of saddens me about about. I mean, first of all, and I, I know I know if if. if here is this. I've got something Eck will like in a second though. Well, but but the Pro Bowl, the NFL Pro Bowl is trash. The NBA All Star Game is trash. The NHL, for all their effort and everything to try to make it competitive and try to make it entertaining, the game, the 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 uh, the the skills competition is interesting. The game itself is abysmal to watch and major league baseball is the only one that I, that used to have some, like, you know, some consequence and some interest. And even that has gotten to the point, you know, like Chris sale and Max
3: Scherzer, I think are going to start tonight. They're going to pitch an inning. Who the frig cares? I know. And it's the second year in a row. They've started both of them. Uh, Look, I used to live and die with Seaver. He used to get two or three innings sometimes and sometimes he wouldn't get in because there are so many pictures, But one one other thing. I put up an article yesterday on Sportsology about the potential trading of Manny Machado. And the yep. one thing I mentioned in the article that Ek will love is that I mentioned that, hey, I know the Phillies and the Brewers are being mentioned here. And, and I wrote about, hey, Philly radio was like, oh, we're going to get Manny Machado. It's almost a done deal. Jason Stark said it's almost a done deal. And I wrote, I wonder who the mystery third team will be in this. This morning, I wake up. And there is a mystery third team, and now was the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I just had to laugh because, Eck, we talk about this all yeah. the time, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. There is always a team that will swoop in last minute. Oh, this, yeah. this is, and this is the thing. Always, they weren't. They weren't a mystery team. They've been talked about for weeks. No, but people forgot about them, and they weren't really mentioned prominently for about a week or two. But it's just yeah. those one of those things where. Again, it's that mystery third team I always get a chuckle out of.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, they, they weren't there all along, and they probably were. But yeah. no one knew about it or someone didn't want us to write about it or something like that. The, the big news, though, you guys are really burying the big news today. Okay. Not hockey related, which is the return of Lando Calrissian in the next Star Wars movie. No,
3: but we knew that a week ago.
1: Billy Jean yeah. Williams, man, coming okay. back in. That's exciting. I,
2: I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say that they're making a Downton Abbey movie.
3: They said it a week ago, and I didn't post or talk about it because you know I was wrong that he wasn't in solo, but I knew he'd be back and you know I love that that, that makes me partially look good the fact that he is back. Yeah,
1: now, yeah, now, now. He's, he's, he brings back the coolness to star wars a lot now,
2: will, will, will lando be drinking some Colt 45 on uh, some faraway planet now, lando
1: was always like you kind of got the impression that he was like a swinger you know like like you know he's kind of like he was just like i don't know he was so cool. yeah, i don't know if he
3: was a swinger like i'm he really even... had like you know,
1: like lava lamps in his room and stuff like that and he just he was trying to get with leia <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was so i mean he was he was always just like yeah yeah, yeah you do it. you know he <laughs> like that's the coolest in kind the of room. It didn't matter. Yeah, right. He's always the coolest in the room. And um, you know, he's 83, Billy Williams is 83 years old. Doesn't yeah. matter.
2: So they're gonna Sorry. wheel him out.
1: <laughs> Looks amazing for 83, though, I have to say. Um, anyway, let's get started.
2: Cole 45 is a magical elixir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, he's drinking
2: take a boost. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a very good point. I am drinking take a boost there. Out of my uh my Wyoming mug. Uh right, here we go, ready? Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, July 17th, 2018.
3: I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology.
1: And I am Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday. This time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I want to start out today with a little rumor that I heard, because that's what I do, little rumors. Um, and this one is that is is you know, I know we talked a lot about Eric Carlson. We're going to keep talking about Eric Carlson until he gets signed, because he is still the big fish out there.
2: Or traded. What was that? Or traded. Or, or traded.
1: traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's pretty much the same thing: signed and traded.
2: Okay. Um,
1: because really, he's not going to get traded without getting signed. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Although it'll happen the other
1: way, I, but you know. Anyway, but anyway, the point. The point is this: Tampa's is getting frustrated by the whole situation. I was told, and has put a deadline on it. Um, now, I the mix, mixed, mixed, um, mixed reviews on what that deadline is, depending on who I talk to. But um, more people than not are saying that this Friday. Five o'clock. Is so today, five o'clock today? This Friday. Well, this, this Friday.
0: Friday. Okay. Okay, so so
1: end, end, end of business this week. End of business this week. And at which time, you know, if, it, if, and Tampa has been frustrated, I'm told, by the lack of any movement or creativity in the last week or so by Ottawa. Like, now I wrote over the weekend that there was a, there were people that I knew that were saying that Ottawa was trying to figure out a way to perhaps Get him to come back to perhaps get him to figure out a way like okay you know this is where it's at you know maybe we maybe i don't know we find we go to him and say what do you want you know do you want melnick to sell the team he'll sell the team whatever you want but basically like the ottawa situation was getting interesting and that they were trying to push and then and that didn't go very well to the point where yesterday his uh there's apparently there's some really right near the arena there's some big billboard where he where he you know carlson's always been on this billboard and it was taken down yesterday so that, that and that, that was pretty predictable that you didn't think that was going to go well but the senators i think you know you would expect them to since they're not getting what they want and they're not getting any the situation's not going away you would expect them to make that move and try
0: because
1: you know? mm-hmm. i guess, guess they did but it doesn't sound like anything's going to come of that so if not Tampa by friday this thing basically i was told just kind of opens wide up again yeah i mean it's not I, like well, dallas is ready to jump in because dallas is isn't that the, what Dallas is offering isn't very good I was told and uh, they they're they're willing to wait out out you
2: know um, it's not like well this this is this is the picture right now apparently is that Dallas and any other teams other than Tampa are offering deals that are essentially deals consistent with one year rentals they're not willing and and I'm so you know no. that I'm, I'm Tampa is probably stepping up and we don't obviously we're not privy to what exactly they're offering, but they have to be offering more than that to get Carlson to be able to sign him to the eight year extension. Yeah. But that and, and that's that's the quandary that that Dorian faces. It's like, OK, well, we have the option here of trading him to Dallas and say it's, you know, Julius Honka and a first round pick and Rupi Hints. Or something like that. That that's been like a rumored type of deal. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. That's good if you if that's good if you trade him at the deadline. But that's not a that's not a deal when he has a year left at six and a half million that he could really you know push you into the playoffs and make Dallas a, a very dangerous team in the Western Conference. Right. Tampa. Tampa. If I'm Dorian and I'm talking Tampa and we know that Carlson wants to sign there. It starts with Sergachev and it keeps going. Yeah, and I've heard
1: were, that that name has been mentioned. I've heard that name is possible, um, and I don't think I think that that is that is within the realm of reason. Now, there are – right.
2: two or three pieces. Zach, not just oh, one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I know, I know. But I think, and you're right in terms of the I've heard I've heard the one year thing, but I think the one year thing is pointless because I don't think that's going anywhere, and I think that
2: well, right now it's not going anywhere. What I'm saying oh. is, if, if 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 this week passes and. Ottawa is not able to get Tampa to step up and make a make a more attractive offer. Then I think Dorian's going to have to. And and this, I remember you saying something about this earlier this week yeah. or on the weekend. It could be that Carlson just stays there until closer to the deadline, or stays there into the season. He is not going to sign an extension with Ottawa. There is no way in hell if if the ownership has anything to do with Eugene Melnick. There is no way that Eric Carlson is signing a deal.
1: Right, and I was saying last week that I didn't see any way he could even play this year for them. Right, but um, I think you may be right because I talked to some people about this, and they said no that, that that Carlson would stay and play, and he would he would he would just be the pro about it. Um, which He'd is honor
2: the con- honor the contract,
1: honor the contract, and and play it out. You know, and because you know the way the I've talked to a couple people who love the way it went with Tavares; they loved right situation. and you know so it's like you play it out you just go to free agency where you have so much more control you can do it's such a better situation for you i know mm-hmm. granted it's on seven years versus eight years right but it's such a better situation
3: yeah and, I, I, you know, I i think it's going to wait until the deadline i just had that feeling
1: yeah it's starting to get that i mean now the other thing i've heard and um you know is is and that's not a diaper by the way down there i was just looking at that Someone was like like someone tweeted me out that that's a right there no, that is <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were painting this wall over here, so that's leftover from that painting. Thing. Sorry about that. I will clean that up if I can. But <laughs> the um, here's here's something that I, I've heard as many as two or three um, conditional picks thrown into this deal. So, like, if you have like a one year deal, you say, okay, it's one year deal. But you know, if he signs an extension, you're looking at a first, a second, and a third another year. Um, you know, so something that's really significant. Um, that might be a lot more than significant, but I'm just saying, you know, something where you have, you know, we've seen this before. If, if, if the player signs there again, you know, mm-hmm. or or if this happens or if the team plays, you know, seven games, you know, that go into triple over time, and the, the guy gets, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying there's all sorts of, all sorts of conditions you can throw in trades. So this is, um, this is one of them. I think you can see that, see that as well. I do get the sense though that, you know, Ottawa feels with everything that's happened that they got to make a trade now. And even though Carlson is willing to go into this the end of the year, I don't – I can't – like I was saying last week I can't see Carlson playing there. And I was really – and I will admit that I was thinking in terms of my own – in terms of from his perspective. But I can also see that from Ottawa's perspective, you know, well, that you don't want him playing there next year. Because it's just – the longer this drags out, I mean, the better – the worse it is
3: in general. Right? It, 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 will it, be, it will be a, a thing where it's it, – you know – it gets in the way of the team. It will be a distraction. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, just as
2: Tavares was a distraction with the Island, but the, and the funny thing is like the situations are similar. I mean, you know, the building, you know, the b- building a Breton flats and, and the, the, the discontent within the organization with the ownership, it's there's similar situations, but I mean, I would hope that Dorian has learned the lesson from Garth snow. You know, you don't, you don't say, uh, Hold, hold your fire. I mean, Garth Snow's main failing in right. this whole situation, and you know, I'm just going to talk about this for a second because I think the situations are applicable. Garth Snow's main failing in the entire Tavares situation is that he did not get a hard and fast answer from him last no. July to say. Deal or no deal. We'll extend you right now for he tried. eight. Years. That's not. I'm not putting that on Gar Snow though. He tried and and well, then you tra- then act. You trade him if he says I'm going to play out the deal. Then you know what? I can't take that risk now. He's holding a bunch of crap. He's got nothing. The
1: it. fact that I can't stand the fact that Tavares or Gar Snow are taking crap for this because to be honest, I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, there's no question. You were in the press conference. You say it yourself that Tavares wanted to stay in, in. in
0: right right.
1: And so he's sitting there last year at the deadline. He's saying I want to stay on the island. You know, that's what he's saying. And, if, and, and you know, either yeah, but
0: you, know, you as a team
3: have to precipitate that contract and offer or it doesn't happen, right?
1: It, but I don't it, think that anyone thought he would leave. I really oh, come on. No, I don't. And There's I'm
3: no, I, 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 tech. No, 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 I'm, no I'm not buying
1: okay. you. And I, you can you can you can say that they were wrong to go that way, and I would agree with you on that. That they should have thought he could leave, but when talking to people within there, I never got the impression once that they thought he was going to leave.
3: If they Wait. didn't think he was going to leave, they wouldn't have brought Lewin. So they brought right. Lewin to try and well, save. They, him. They, I'm, I'm talking about at the deadline last year, like
1: right. So, right. It, it changed over the course of the year, and as the more when it went into the summer, and they tried to open talks and stuff like that, it was not getting
2: anywhere. But, but see, the the, the 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 problem is, is that okay? If if, if the talk is. I want to stay on the island. Okay, we'll prove it. We will give you eleven million dollars at eight times eight years yeah, right. right now, right this second. If you're bound and determined to go to July first, we can't take the chance that you may not change your mind at the eleventh hour. It's completely Tavares's right to do so, and I, I, the I think tells
1: us until uh, now. Like, and Tavares changed that, right? I mean, we had, we had a great relationship until four hours ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> no but i'm just all i'm saying is president tells us that the guy was going to resign uh that you know it because that's what happens all the time right so yeah. i think i don't think the owners ever thought that and we are joined by peter tessier um <laughs> peter how are you doing
4: i'm good thanks sorry, sorry a
1: late it takes a while to get here um <laughs> so, yeah i understand that so the um we we're we're talking about the, we're talking about Tavares again, but really we're talking about Carlson. So the, I want to get back to Carlson because you know the precedent has been set now that Carlson's looking and saying, okay, you know, if I play this out, it's it's not so bad. You know, I can I can pick where I want to go. I can I can you know, there's teams out there. Um, I don't make that team any worse because that's a big thing too. Like you know, the, by the, by him going to somewhere next year, like Tavares comes to comes to Toronto, and if Toronto would it would have had to have traded for him. Yes. They would have had to have given up something very significant, right? So he comes to Toronto now fully stocked, you know, and that's you know, that, that does screw the islanders. But I, I I think people need to give they need to lay off to Morris and and no, for the great deadline thing. I just so, think that, that was so, too
2: the one the one difference in this situation is there's no there's no equivocating here. Carlson is going to leave. He is not going right, to
1: sign. Right. That's so, a very different It's a huge difference. And you're absolutely right about that. So he's going to leave, whether. Now, it's
2: now, now the one, the one, the one positive here and about say they hold on to him to the deadline, and if he returns to the way he has yeah. been in the past, they will be a better team with him up until the deadline, and with them not having their first round pick, if they keep him to the deadline and he plays well. They can get a get a big return at the deadline, and they avoid finishing at the bottom of the league and giving Colorado a top five pick. So, if that's a concern, that's one positive here. Yeah,
1: mean that that does, and you and you know he's gonna, you know that that'll be a thing that Carlson will, in the back of his head. I think he'll play for that. Like he will try to keep them out of that. play, for, play to play to get his also, I think he's just he's – he's I wouldn't a
3: worry about him not playing.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, and, and I, but I think – And I think, like I've said before, like whenever something like this happens to a team like this in the NHL, I always I always get nervous about predicting where they're going to finish. Like Ottawa or the Islanders are two teams that are very tricky to pick for next year. And everyone's simply saying, oh, they're all – They're both in the race. For the first overall pick i'm not convinced because, because weird things happen to teams when they're put through adversity like this um you know and it, and it doesn't mean that they're going to win stanley cups but they could be a factor and and, and they could be in the playoff hunt so that's you know at, at least for a while um but let me move on to a couple other things because well i spent the weekend in boston um because i take my daughter up too she's doing a summer program up at wellesley um and uh it's very cool very it's a beautiful city of course i love boston and um i went on a whale watch which was amazing <laughs> Absolutely
3: incredible. great as long as you don't get sick on the boat. I've had both experiences. Oh
1: yeah, no, I, we saw
3: thirteen whales.
0: Wow,
2: great, great until you great until you get your credit card bill. But it can yeah get, yeah yeah no, I
1: it's know. fun. Yeah. He's
3: right, it's fun.
1: I have a great story about that that I can't share. But um, anyway, um, all right. So, I, but I'll share with you guys off the air after this about that about the bill and this thing it was really hilarious. So anyway, um, all right. So, I'm up in Boston and I met for lunch with um with the great Ty Anderson. Okay, who um who is you know. One of my favorite people that's ever written for the site, and he, he's still writing. You know, he's still writing with with us. Um, occasionally, we're we'll having a new writer coming in. But he's also going to be writing more of NHL columnist type stuff. So Ty's not going anywhere. He's staying with us. talked to talking about it at length. He's actually going to do something in August on all 31 teams, like one team a day for 31 days, which I think is really cool. Cool. So, um, and I was talking to him about Lucic because the rumor I was hearing that day was that the Montreal Canadiens were now actually considering. Trading for Milan Lucic. Okay, so before I had written that Edmonton had gone to them and they had said no, but now that 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 had been reopened up a little bit, now Montreal was considering trading for Lucic. So I wanted to, I wrote this yesterday. I wanted to see what your opinions were on that concept. I mean, I'm, you know, and what's funny about the whole thing? I always think of, I think of Montreal and Boston as being such arch rivals that it seems that it seems crazy, right? That that Lucic could go there first off because I still think of Lucic as a Bruin, but then I then you do have you know Julian. There in Montreal, right, who, you know, was a, was a big Lucic guy um, and, you know, really gave, and, you know, Lucic was such a legend in Boston. Um, but also, there's, I also heard that Julian really wasn't thrilled with the way it ended in Boston with Lucic and that he, you know, thought Lucic got a little bit too into himself as like a cult hero in the town and wanted too much money. So there's all kinds of different things going on, right? So, well, just on the concept of it, Montreal um, going after Milan Lucic.
2: Well, the only way it makes sense and Peter you've seen Edmonton more than than Russ and I yeah. have. The only way it makes sense is if Montreal is getting rid of a contract in exchange for Lucic that they think it was either a mistake or you know, is not worth it. And I look at I look at Montreal's depth chart and the two names that pop out are who who is got four more years at the uh, I think it's 4.6 million and yeah. and an Andrew like an Andrew Shaw who's being paid over three million, if 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 it's a deal where one of those guys is going back to Edmonton and they clear space, maybe it makes a little sense. But the thing is, you can't ignore Lucic is slowing down.
0: Yeah, and the oh, Atlantic
2: yeah. yeah. Division is not a, is not a slow division. Go ahead, Peter.
4: Yeah, no, he is slowing down, and it, it's really hard to understand what is the problem in a specific sense of what's going on with Milan Lucic because he has some underlying numbers that are really interesting and he did well with LA. In fact, what yeah. was happening on the ice and he was on the ice was a, a really good thing. Yeah. And you know, he had success in Boston yep. and why with a pl- players like McDavid, is he not finding success? Let's use that. So you know, and and who and Drysital, and Ryan Nugent, Nugent Hopkins. What 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 is the mix there? So I think anyone who's looking at Lucic has to really think about what's the problem as to what where's production's gone, and is it just simply getting slow bigger, and slower in a league that's getting faster and lighter, and is that part of it? But you know, any deal for Edmonton that's going to come through this it's going to be really difficult to make because they have an impending cap problem too. And yeah. they need to, they can't really take much back without hand stringing them. So, I mean, you look at, you know, Shaw's a really good example, Mike, but for the, for Montreal to take on Lou you know, did, like Edmonton's, you know, that's doing Edmonton a favor to almost yeah. send them Shaw.
2: Yeah, it right. is. Shaw's three point nine for four more years, and I think I believe Lucic is six million for another five years. Yeah. So here's the thing
1: I'll say about this to me, and then I want to hear Russ's opinion.
3: Just uh-huh.
1: Suspiciously quiet. Um,
3: no, no, I'm listening.
1: I'm listening. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that Lucic is more of an Eastern Conference player. I'll throw that out there. Like when you, what, and I'll, and the interesting thing about Lucic is like, so every time we, every time I, every time I post something on Hockey Buzz, and Mike puts up photos sometimes too and you know when we put up photos on hockey buzz right if you search Milan Lucic on the the service we pay you know we pay we pay a service to get our photos you know what comes up the first 15 pictures or, or something of Milan Lucic are him fighting someone yeah all right that's the first and that's like that is the first thing that comes up all the time and it's interesting to me because you know look at the NHL where it is right now and look what's look what's important right now and then look what's especially important like it's one thing to be in the battles of the Bruins, Bruins Canadians, Leafs Canadians, that whole world, right? Which is, which, which still you can, where you still need that. Sometimes you still, there's still that fighting thing. I don't see it in Edmonton. Like even, even in the battle of Alberta, you don't see these like brawls, you know, like, you don't, you don't, that, that, that's not that kind of rivalry, right? All where Shaw is also the same kind of thing. Like Shaw is, you know, the only, actually, the only two teams out west that I really see that way, three teams, three teams out west that are that way are like LA, um, Las Man, Vegas, Vegas and, uh, and I'll give them that. I'll put Nashville in there too as a team that can do that. Right, so a lot of fly, high flying teams out there, right? So, and Shaw's the same thing. Shaw, Shaw's again, he's putting him out there. He's he's more known for that too. Now, Alstoner, I think actually would be a good fit for Edmonton. Like I think that I, I think Alstoner would be good there. Don't you think so? I mean, I think that would make some sense. I would. but – Himself but
3: here's there. what I want to say about Lucic, right? Yeah. I just looked up something. So here's the funny thing, and a lot of it's perception, but some of it's reality. So you look at Milan Lucic, you would think, you know what? With the success Tom Wilson has had, maybe he could play that role, right? Now, the interesting yeah. thing is Tom Wilson only had one more regular season point, but he had like 100 more Pims. He had 187 Pims. I didn't know it got that high. I don't know if yeah. you guys know it yeah. got that high. That's I did, so I just looked yeah, but, yeah, but but I, he try ha- and I saw it too. Oh, yeah, hold on, so hold on. So, I think the problem with Lucic is you can't use him as a scoring option anymore because I don't think he's getting 50 points anymore. You could use him in the Wilson role, but the problem is Wilson's faster, so you can't put Lucic on a top line, and so that's where Lucic now becomes like this third line, hopefully, you can get 40 points out of him kind of guy. And at that contract, that's what makes it. A detriment unless half of his contract is
2: bought out. Well, unless, well, no, unless you're right. Unless, Mon, unless Edmonton eats one third mm-hmm. of the deal, which would be two million bucks for five years, which they won't want to do, but they probably would be willing to take a player back. What? But that, but go ahead. Uh,
4: no, no, go ahead. I, 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 I keep going, Mike. I was sorry, just going to add on to what you are saying. Here. I think I know. You're yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think Edmonton wants to tie up that kind of money for five, for the five year term. But if they take almost, you know most of the money back in exchange for a player for a shorter term, they probably would be willing to do that because they realize that Lucic is not a good fit with where, where their team is. I, I think the problem is Lucic was always trailing the play in Edmonton because Edmonton's got a bunch of quicker forwards and you really, it's like, you know, if he's on a line with McDavid, you know, by the time McDavid's into the zone, he, he's still at the red line.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I wonder? And and I'm 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 gonna. Th- it's like a wild ass thing. There's no law. Lo- like I'll, I'll explain my logic. There's no reason to think this would happen. But what if Bergeron looks at his long term liabilities and where he is and is saying, "I've got to undo some damage." So, Bergerman. Sorry, I always screw that up. I have a that mental block okay. with those two names, yeah. Bergman. So what if he says, "Okay, I don't have Shea Weber now. Till when's Weber supposed to come back? November, December, or January, December, January." What if I try and move him and I take back a lesser liability? And so here you go, you send Shea Weber out west. Shea, I don't think Shea Weber's a fit for Montreal, what they're doing. I just don't think I don't think what they're gonna get out of him is there. But then you move know, I don't well, I, I and then you move you take bring in Lucic, but you bring in someone else. Because the problem with sending Alsner is, is the Oilers don't need right D you you don't need they don't need that but if you send out a defenseman you could bring in weber and you 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 just sort of you, you maybe sh- and saving yourself some money because if you move someone like a larson back east and a weber and then you sort of equal it up on the other side you're yeah. going to have some options of salary cap and and Bergevin is going to be off the hook for seven years, but I think they could absorb seven years at that cap hit If you get rid of Lou Cheech in Edmonton. Yeah. And, and I just think there's, I think there's some funny ways to play with this. And I think yeah. what we're starting to see is GM's getting a little more creative because I don't think anyone thought that Bergevin had the kind of game to trade for Mason and buy him out and get those picks for the front, from the, the player and the, the player with um Armia and buy him out for, with the jets. Like, I don't think anyone Thought Bergeron could be that creative, and yeah. so let's see. Let's see if he's actually starting to get creative. Well, here's the
3: thing with Lucic, though. I'm going to read you his numbers from 2014: 21 even-strength goals, then 16, then 18, then 11, then seven. Now, interestingly enough, though, two years ago he did have 12 power-play goals, and that has a lot to do with playing with Connor McDavid and playing on the power play with him. If milan Lucic tells me as a guy he'll set up in the crease on the power play like Phil Esposito and yeah i think he can get back to 23 goals if he doesn't he's going to get 10 goals like he did last year that's really what it boils down to
4: yeah
2: yeah and 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 the, and the really the the problem i mean The Weber contract. I mean, first of all, I can't see anybody trading for it right now based on the fact that we don't know how severe this injury, the meniscus tear is. You know, wait, you'd have to basically wait until December or January to get until he gets back in the lineup to see what you have left because that contract is under it's it's until 2026. So you're not going to roll the dice and say, okay, if he comes back as Shea Weber, we got to steal here. No, even, you know, you have to find out whether he's he's back to any semblance of a level of talent that Shea Weber used to be. And then once that happens, then maybe it's possible for for Montreal to move him. But can you imagine Bergevin moving Weber in a deal for Lucic, and then the the Montreal faithful say? Oh, we gave up PK Subban for Milan Lucic. Where is the Where are the torches? Let's burn Mark Bergevin. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the torches
4: I think, are already out.
3: I think yeah, but I don't think they care, Peter. They don't. I think at the end of the day, no. I think they look at Weber as a, as as one of their core guys. The same. Got the same as Carey Price, done. and he's not going to get moved. Okay, that's um, what I really. That's the way I feel about that. I could be wrong, but. I, I just think that that's the way they look at it. Yeah. No. Um, let's let's.
2: I, there's there's a lot of talk about Chicago now in the in the uh, after the Hosa deal with them opening up cap space about what Stan Bowman is going to do next. I mean, we've heard the Reddy Skinner talk. Um, I know that um, uh, Lyle Richardson, also known as Specter. Uh, was reporting something regarding ju- them being in on Justin Falk. Now, okay, I, this is uh, yeah, Justin Falk, the, the Chicago, there's a lot of Chicago speculation after the, the host. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because
1: yeah, um, I wanted to be before we mentioned Justin Falk, because I wrote yesterday that, um, and I had heard this from a really strong source, that the Sabres were in heavily on Justin Falk. This would, of course, be their second Really? Falk. Um, but yes. Um, which would make things very confusing. We ran a team that has has had two players with exactly the same name before,
2: but not the same spelling. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not the same spelling, but still, you know, for uh-huh. the announcers, um, <laughs> you know, fuck with an E, fuck with an A. Um, no, but anyway, no. I. So I think that I don't know. Uh, again, I want to bring. I want to bring up a very important point that I think is. I don't know where, where Spectre gets his information from. He's a very great guy. I like him a lot, but um, I don't know. Um, the whole concept of Carolina and Chicago—I can't stress enough how Carolina has felt like they have been hosed by Chicago on a couple of trades. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it would be very surprising if that's the way. I—I th- I honestly think, and I wrote this over the weekend, and I think that this is the case. Is that I wrote this on Friday actually? That I do believe that Chicago is trying to get Panarin back. I really think—I think that is their goal. Um, I talked to a lot of people about it. For one year, because they can't afford them long term. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. I've been have been told that they think they have ways that they could afford. Them. It depends. But Columbus on who the- is
3: meeting with Panarin in France. That's what someone just put in the chat room. No, they, they are meeting with Panarin. They met, they met with them, and the meeting
2: lasted forty five minutes. Okay, yeah, that's not a good sign. No,
3: um, I mean, from what I've
1: heard, you know, I've been I've been all around the story a lot, and I've heard that Panarin wants to live. Um, on the coast, actually, which is kind of interesting. Um, that you actually would like to live on the either the west coast or the east coast, which does, of course, Chicago. For those of you yeah, who, I who, that with, too. who aren't familiar with geography, is not on the coast. Um, but um, but uh, you know, in Lake Michigan, you can pretend you're on a coast. Um, but yeah, it looks like, like people in Buffalo do. I get it, it. Looks like you're on the ocean. It's a big lake. Um, but so I think that you know. You know, San Jose is a team to look for um, with Panarin. I really do, because, I mean, remember San Jose, how close they were to Tavares. They've got money, They've, they can still do something. Yeah. It's a great fit for them. It's a good place for them to live. And, but I, Columbus is asking a ton for Panarin, as they should, of course. But, you know, and I still think that they, they were, they're still hoping that they could convince him to stay. Whether, I don't know how that meeting went yesterday, so I'm trying to get to the bottom of it.
3: I don't think they're trading him. Like, I, I don't think they could afford to trade him. If, I don't think even the guys you get back, it will mess up the, yes. the zen of that team and what they might be able to do this year. And so I don't think he'll get traded.
1: The Chicago thing is really interesting, right? So if you think about it, remember this whole story, I've and I've long heard this and believe that this there's a little bit of a Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays thing going on here, right, where they traded Panarin, who was Kane's line mate, for Saad, who was going to be Tays' linemate, right? And, oh. and then Saad doesn't work out. And Kane's not happy about it.
2: Well, uh, this is this is the this is the one hurdle though that I I can't get over about this you know Panarin going back to uh, to Chicago. What the hell is Chicago sending them? Yeah, because it would have to be. Yeah. I mean, no, it has to be something incredibly significant. It's, it, it's not going to be Sod again. You know, Ar- 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 off? I mean, no, you know, I, I actually, I
1: don't, I'm going to throw this out there. I heard this, and whether or not you can take it for what it's worth. Um, and this is kind of strange, too, but that Corey Crawford will be involved in this trade. And that oh is –
3: But we don't even know his, his injury. He's not right. even healthy.
1: Right. He's not even healthy. Yeah. Um, right. But that is one of the names that would be talked about, which and makes that- you wonder a little bit about, you know, Brodsky's future. Um,
3: sure, because his contract's up in a year. But then who's playing net for Chicago?
1: Yeah, right, right.
3: Ward, starting goalie. <laughs> right
1: right
3: i mean they might as well pack it up if that's the case well, they've
1: got, i mean they've got it they've got to think about that anyway because like you said crawford's not healthy right so sure, have, but if you have cam ward
3: for 20 games you don't care
1: you're maybe maybe to start maybe.
3: the season he could do that but he can't play a whole season
1: so i i'm um, yeah i think that you know the skinner thing is interesting for sure um i but i haven't heard i i've, I've looked into it and this of course not not and i say this He'll get traded there this afternoon. But I just, I hear that Skinner is not on their radar. Um, and it, it, it's an obvious thing, you know, that it came out right away. Okay, this is obviously looking for Skinner. And of course, you know, he's out there. He's the big guy. And they cleared $1.5 million cap space, right? So it's an obvious thing that Skinner would be on the radar. But I told he wasn't. So, that, it, you know, so that but another big player was on. So, you know, it, it's, al-
2: it's almost like with Skinner that, because, I mean, his name has been. Banded about with a number of places, and it's almost like Carolina may may be resigned to the fact that they can get almost as much uh, from him at the deadline as a rental as they can right now with a year left in the contract. So why why bother trading him? You know, he can score goals for them through through uh, the end of February, and then they can move him and get something for him.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, To me, that's that's interesting, and I, I think that. There's a there's a there's there's a lot that's supposed to play out there. I'm someone you know. Of course, when we got out there they were going to into Eric Carlson. I don't think that's the case at all. Um,
3: I don't. Here's a funny thing about Carolina, right? So I'm looking at their lines, you know, and everybody makes up lines in the summer, and that's fine. But if they're really going to count on Martin Netchev, Svechnikov, and Skinner as like a line. That's a gamble. Like, I love those yeah. kids, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know if they're all going to click right away. Then you're going to put Jordan Stahl, let's say, with Justin <laughs> Williams. Like, there's age there. Like, they they really – there's a big divide still offensively on this team, and this is not a good enough offense as it stands.
2: Well, Russ, the, you
1: know what's the, crazy is they – go ahead.
3: To their defense, I think that that line is
2: probably going to end up being their third line because the number two line is probably going to be Aho, Teravainen, and whoever. So what's their time. number
3: one line, Mike? It's
0: probably Stahl and
3: Williams. they going to be there. Stahl's their number one center. I mean, or, you know, I'm I mean, just saying. It's just, this is not enough. They don't have enough offense to get even out of the first round. If they could even make the playoffs, I still don't understand what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Their belief is, from what I've been told, that they okay. think that, you know, they looked at Vegas and they're like, okay, we're going to do what Vegas did. And it's completely bizarre because there's no, there's no correlation to that. There's no way you can even connect. The
3: their two. defense is better than Vegas. I'll give them
1: that. The defense is better than Vegas. Um, their goaltending obviously isn't, but right. the, and their offense is not. Isn't. But but at the same time, the owner's saying, "Well, look what Vegas did. You know, we would get it." And, and everybody believes in Brindamore so much. You know, and that's that's fine. But you know, he's that's putting a lot on Brindamore um, as a coach who's still like
3: inexperienced in that role. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what. They, their whole season offensively is riding on Svechnikov and Netches. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, when you're a team riding on rookies, you, it's either going to go one way or the other. Like, we've no. seen what happens it, with it, that. More than, more than that, Russ,
2: it's, it's, it's resting and relying on that killer combo of Morazic and Scott Darling.
3: Right. Now, the funny nice. thing is that we saw the contract of Elias Lindholm, and yeah. i got to tell you something. This trade looks so good for the Flames right now. And I know there's time to be settled on this. And I know, you know, Adam Fox hasn't signed anywhere yet. And so that part of it, you know, gets pushed off. But they got Lindholm on such a good deal. And, again, Lindholm was like the assist leader in Carolina for the last couple of seasons. He had like 112 assists in a certain amount of games. I don't understand – how he was hurting their culture. Like, I don't get that
1: whole But What I was told was that he was such a fan of the old coach, you know, and the coach is why he went there. You know, so it was more or less, more or less, you know, Peter said, I need Linholm. And, you know, I'm going to come here, but I need you to, I need you to get him. I need you. Well, to
2: get him. It, I think it's clearly a win for Calgary, but I have like a little bit of a caveat and that's, getting Hannafin on the new deal cuz right now Hannafin's an RFA he hasn't signed his new deal yeah. we don't know what he's gonna get paid they're already paying you know Giordano over six million Brody is close to five uh, Hamanick is on a, now this is the one benefit Hammonick is a second pairing guy and he's making less than four so it's a very friendly contract so they might be able to afford to pay Hannafin close to what Giordano is making in the current market What's
1: really funny about that, Mike, is you read the message boards. And I was reading the message boards today because someone told me, someone said, you know, you to read the message boards um, on the Cal- on Calgary. Their fans overwhelmingly think they're going to get them for four million dollars.
2: They're high, really. Yeah, there's no. no, there's no way. Oh, they legal now in Canada. So. Unless, unless you're talking bridge deal, unless you're talking two year, two year. Three year be, no, we are talking bridge. They are talking bridge
1: deal, but it's still okay. Like, okay. No, isn't that like? Uh, they didn't have a bridge deal that's
2: if it's bridge deal I'd say it's probably you know, probably four to four and a half on a two to three year deal because I
1: to show something in Caroline's doing because the, you know we, before we get off of Caroline they, it's world emoji Day. um and they did see the tweet they put out so this is kind of fun um for what it's worth. okay, so this is a tweet. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that that's cool
1: made up of emojis to to that's form cool. print, which is pretty insane, you know and someone said, the first, the first reply on this is really funny. Um, I'll show you the first reply. This. Everybody's <laughs> got is. a
2: lot of time in their ends. <laughs>
1: oh my god! The first reply was uh, some guy saying, "Some guy Wow, well, I feel bad for that intern.' Yeah, there you go. That's probably about right." Some intern was said, "You got to make a picture, an emoji picture of Rob Grindemore by the end of the day." Put it together. It's pretty good. Um,
3: I, here's yeah, right. something I want to point this out about okay. Elias Lindholm. For everybody in the chat room that says he's meh, he was meh there and he still was their assist leader here's yeah, the thing yeah. a couple of years ago 14 15 15 16 he was getting like 11 and 14 power play assists a year then yeah. it dropped to nine and last year dropped to three when they were in complete disarray if he plays on the second power play even in calgary he's going to have a 50 point season
2: and there's talk so, about there's go ahead go ahead Peter,
4: No, I was just going to say, Russ, you're you're talking up the assists a fair bit. So what are assists worth, right? What are they worth in a contract? So in 2016-17, he led an even-strength assist. He was third last season. The year before that, he was – where are we? He was – whoa, he was way down there. He was 10th on the team. Like, he hasn't done anything consistent. I think he's overpaid. And Calgary's made a huge bet that he's going to be – what are assists worth? Isn't 10 goals worth a million bucks?
3: Well, I I had this discussion with a pro, right? And I believe the pro is right. You can't discount assists. I know people in the the analytics world want to discount assists, especially the secondary assists. But you know what? It all leads up to a goal. So it is very important. And so, like, if you want to start discounting assists – then you better take away like you know the hundred and something a year Wayne Gretzky used to get. Especially, especially
2: with the fact that Lindholm is supposedly going to play on the left side with with Monahan and Goudreau, and if yeah, that's no, the case, he'll get fifty-five then he, points. If then you then, you, then you want him, you want him generating assists. You a want, line, man. That's a line. That's a great line. I love the way that. Yeah. Goes.
4: Now, Look, no, that, I'm not saying I'm not down on Lindholm. I'm just saying if you're paying for assists, because right. that's what you're paying for with Lindholm. He hasn't cracked twenty goals. Right. Mm-hmm. You just gave him four point eight five. You are making a bet that Elias Lindholm is going to proceed and get better at that rate, because if you paid 4.85 million for, let's just say he had okay, let's go last season here. Well, he's um, he
2: had, yeah, he's averaging 42 points a year the last he, four years.
4: Yeah, if you paid for 28 assists, that's what he had total assists, right? and total points of 44 points, right. and you paid $4.85 million for him at that age, you probably overpaid.
3: No, but he's averaging 37 over the last three years. That's the point. They look at that and say, he'll get at least 40 assists here with our guys, and I agree so, with that.
4: Peter, I'm, I'm I mean, right. might, and that's the bet, Russ. But I, if he doesn't, You've sure, locked in something that you bad. don't know anything, and isn't that what Calgary's been doing in weird ways? Like, isn't this just more of the same of what Calgary kind of does? Is makes yes. these kind of weird bets, thinks they've got all these p- players, and and then it doesn't pan out. I right.
3: think they've done that to some degree. I'll agree with you on that, but I also think if they are putting him on the line with those two guys, they know. Look, end of the day, you could say whatever you want about Elias Lindholm, but he is a Scott, highly skilled guy who God. can skate. I,
4: Look, I I agree with you there. I'm just saying, in this, I don't know if it's if that contract tips the deal in Calgary's favor on this. Well,
2: you have to you factor you have, you have to factor in that they bought, I think, two or three unrestricted years. Yeah. here. So that oh, that, that, that raises, and, I, and I'm writing today actually because about about uh, Nylander with Toronto and how this contract I think is good news for them because you have Lindholm who who averages around a little over forty points a year the last four years. Um, Neilander a- averaged 61 points the last two years. I don't think the difference between Lindholm and Neilander is that dramatic that you're going to say Neilander is going to make seven million. I think Neilander is going to come in around six and a quarter to six and a half, and that's a number I think that Toronto will be very happy about. But you know, the comparables. I mean,
3: the, the Nick Ylander- I, Okay, so put William Neilander in Carolina last year. With, yeah. with the bomb of the team and bomb of the season they had, how many points do you think he gets? He probably. Well, I, think only, he, I think he's playing center if he's playing in
2: Carolina.
3: Right. So he probably only gets forty-five points there last year,
2: based on that team. And and you have to and you have to you have to factor in that Neilander has played the most of the well last season definitely with Matthews and some of last the previous year with Matthews. So and that's
3: my point. Is like, you could put a guy like that, take him out of Toronto put him in Carolina last year, and of course his numbers are going to drop like a stone.
4: Now, so, hang on. I, I wanted to go back to, 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 to Lindholm here. Right. If you're looking at it this way, Calgary had, last season, had eight guys with 20 or more total assists. Yeah. They traded away two of them. Hamilton had 27 and Furlan had 20. They also traded away 38 goals between those two. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do they replace it with? <laughs> Good point. Just saying. Yeah. You and replace now hope. A, you replaced it with hope, and hope is never a problem. I did that for
2: You, right. Right. you, you right. replaced it A. You think Lindholm is going to score more, B. You replaced it with James Neal, who will probably score 20 to 25 goals.
4: I'm talking yeah, in the trade, think. just the trade. Oh,
2: and you're in the, the trade itself. the opposite, yeah. Peter. Plus,
4: you're not counting for a guy like Jankowski kicking in this year. He's no, no, all I'm talking about is – I'm just Wait. saying from the trade point. I'm just oh, talking yeah, – we're we're we're
2: we're not, not, Isn't we're
4: Jankowski not not on the not market factoring. right now?
2: We're not, factoring, I mean, who knows? We're not yeah. factoring in that Dougie Hamilton wanted out, and that was a contributing factor in this yeah. deal as well.
3: Wait, let's factor this in. Michael Furland two years ago had 25 points. He went from 25 points to 41 points. And he's
2: a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, how do you know he hasn't capped out? I think Michael Furlan has capped out on points, to be honest.
1: Yeah, possible.
3: Now, Peter, yeah. we'd, be remiss, we'd be
2: remiss if we didn't bring up Truba because the arbitration <laughs> hearing is, I believe, Friday. Yeah. And incur- I know it's Ken, uh, Ken Weeb Is that That's yeah, how you pronounce it? Yeah, he wrote uh, something about uh, that situation, and then, I, I, of course, I'm focused on this because my my uh, my dream scenario is him being him being traded to another team wearing blue and white. But I don't I think like I'm not going to hold my breath on that. But w- where does it stand? Do you think it's going to get signed before, or what's going to happen here?
4: So you have up until Friday, and then you have about two days after to sign that deal, right? Yeah. Depending right. on how the arbitrator goes. Mm-hmm not been a hint of anything from anyone in this. So they're either locked down and have an agreement that no one's going to say anything and they're working towards it. But I suspect that Connor Hellebuck, out of the blue in the next three days, and because I'm leaving um, Winnipeg for Vancouver, and they're going to be kind of radio silence for a few days after Thursday, about noon, it'll happen... Right when I to my phone. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> so no. that's how this is going to play out. And Mike, you'll have to log on as me and do the blog for me, please. For sure. <laughs> also, I'll DM me my password and everything, and you can write it because I'm not going to have access to any service. <laughs> that's so great. that's when it happens. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I saw wow. yesterday I put down, I, I threw out some numbers because these things are looming. Lowry's on the 22nd, too. Like the, Kevin Shuffle day off. Has some coming up, and then Tannevin and Patan are a little later. But, yeah, but
3: he um, may Peter, he may pull us Jeff Gordon, I and mean, Gordon just signed four or five guys the other day. Like you could do
4: it. Yeah, I, I and I think that's what happened because that's what happened in 2013 when Wheeler, Bogosian, and Little, uh, they were all headed to arbitration, and boom, 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 it all happened. Right. And um, so what happens here is I think it gets done. I think it's going to be in around about a 5.85 million AAV. And I think the issue here is does Truba want four years and to see what the team does in four years because they think that's where the window is? Or does he want to go six to eight and say, because he's 24 now, if he takes six years, he ends at 30 and he can cash out. And if he takes four, he gets out a little earlier and he's freedom to say i want to go win or it didn't happen in this window because they only believe that's where the window lies yeah that's what i think will be interesting in this deal he
2: goes six to eight there's no way that contract is less than six and a half million no way
4: and i don't know if he's a six that's what i'm saying is i've said this before is jacob truba your new benchmark for six and a half million a year given the other contracts right now
2: well he he may not he, he may not he may not garner it in terms of the type of defenseman he is, but when you're, you know, when you're two years away from unrestricted free agency and you're talking about buying four to six years of UFA uh, years, you're paying over 6 million. And if you're not, then, you know, maybe, maybe the, maybe the compromise. Look at,
4: look at Yossi, look at Ellis, look at these other guys, look at Larson, even look at, I mean, not, I'm just saying if he's, those are his peers. How do you get move him towards more of where Burns is? I mean, he's not even like he's not even matching what Carlson did when Carlson signed for six million, right? Right. So well, is that inflate? Like that's what I'm saying is I don't know. Again, like, fairness true, but he might be that next benchmark based on what his game is that will that, that he sets the benchmark for a, a, a solid top pairing right D, just no glamour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. I just uh, don't know if that's the, he's the guy or not. Someone might know that.
1: The uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up on Calgary briefly, um, I was getting to text about this too. Well, I got a couple of texts well, but I can't talk about it yet, but it will. Is um so Calgary? I wrote today about Sam Bennett being um, in talks again. Now, it that's a bad for Sam Bennett in a lot of ways. His, his his name comes up in more trade talks for being so young. Um, and but now does Lindholm, does the signing Lindholm really put Bennett really? Does, does it is it sending Bennett out of there? Do you think?
2: Sam Bennett is the Alex Galchenyuk of Calgary. That's basically what it is. He is. He's, a, yeah. he's a guy that they thought was going to be a center. It hasn't worked. He's been yo-yoed back and forth between center and wing. I think he's got a lot of talent. Maybe the best thing for him is just to get the hell get the hell out of there. I think Calgary can get value back because he's what 23 years old 22 years old and he's not old he's he's definitely talented so uh, you know I, I I could see I could see that a, a team a, a team like Buffalo might be interested in him but I don't I don't know where what what uh yeah, I've heard their name mentioned for sure um, I heard Boston um yeah. No, it would be a reclamation project in Boston. I mean, the question is what would be going back the other way, probably young young players. You know, I like
3: him I like him in Boston, actually. I think he yeah. would fit well into, into the way they play. And I, I think the problem with Bennett is there was just too much focus on him for a couple of years. Yeah. And so, like, I just think that there was over-expectations. Like, his high was 36 points and 18 goals. He hasn't been able to match that but he doesn't i mean when's the last time he had like guaranteed line mates and knew exactly what he was going to do even Peter yeah, no, with him could work out it
1: could yeah i yeah, know he's been all, i know he's
2: been all over the place there you know and you, you know you know actually did him a, a disservice Russ, is when they called him up and he played in the playoffs that year and he played so well that their that the expectations got raised dramatically and then he didn't play. He didn't play as well going forward. And then they they questioned what what his position was. And I, I think it's more disappointment than anything. But I, I think he's a good player. I think if he if he gets into the right scenario, he could definitely be a beneficial uh, player for another team. But I, I just don't know whether it's going to work in Calgary. It hasn't There's worked
3: the yet. Thing. They're a little bit different, but they're not that different in in the amount of points they'll get. It, same. We, we've had the same discussions about Sam Reinhart. Buffalo hung in there with them, yeah. and now they they see that hey Sam Reinhart's getting better. I right. think someone can make Sam Bennett better, but I don't know if it's going to be Bill Peters or like you said, it's going to be somebody else. But I, I and look, I don't think he's getting above fifty points, but I think you know he could be a forty point guy for sure if if somebody just dials it in with him. And I think maybe he's ready for that. I mean, he's not. Look, what is he? Twenty two. Yeah. yeah he's not a top, he's not a top line guy, but he no. definitely, he definitely
2: could be valuable as a second or third line guy. So, yes.
1: um, okay. So what I want to do before getting into the final end of the show here is I, uh, we have our first ever ex addict sent to us by our, by a viewer, which I think is kind of cool. Wow. So, um, an ex addict for those of you who are familiar is, um, where we try to do something kind of like old, old school hockey that we find around our house, you know, in, in your attic, in your garage, whatever, that's kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, these this is really cool. So this is I know um, I know you, I know Russ especially. Is, I can't
3: uh, see it. My computer's frozen. So. Oh really? Oh man!
1: No, That's not you it have to
3: Describe it for me. It's going to be like you know. No one can see this. I can't see it. I can't right. see it. I can't see it either. What? No, I haven't put it up yet. I be able to Sorry.
1: I'm putting it up now. All right. Okay. All right. So this is what I'm putting up here. Um, let me see if I can get this fully on the screen. That's I'll try and
3: cool. go to YouTube and look at it.
1: Yeah, um, all right, so you know, this is mute the YouTube. I know. All right. So let me, okay, I'm going to bring this back here. Okay. There we go. All right. So this, I want to, uh, yeah, cause I really want to if you knew this, what this was. Um, because it's really, it's, this is from 1957, 58 and, uh, this, so this, uh, you know, what this is, since you probably can't see it or whatever is, um, so a friend of mine named Steve sent this in. And uh, so, if you want to send something to X attic, what you do is you send send it to Eklund at hockeybuzz.com, Put X attic in the subject, and you know if we put it on the air, we'll, we'll send you some like happy little note back we'll price.
3: Keep it up. I'm looking at it. Oh, okay, so he he basically sent you a um, a wrapper from from the hockey card. Said yeah, they're worth something. I mean,
1: right. This is this I don't one.
3: know who kept. See, the funny thing is, is like that's like from the wax packs days. I don't yeah. know who who was smart enough to keep those things in good condition because. That's, you know, the, the that's what he said the
1: point was i mean he's uh you know he's a big time collector a really big collector
3: they're very fragile the wax is very you know,
1: know and he said no one would you would just throw these out so this is 1930 like i said nineteen fifty-seven to 58 then he has then the next one here which he sent me which is really cool too is um this one so let me okay so this
2: is
1: so see got that there okay there we go
2: ice king's chewing gum Hmm. This is from
1: 1933-34. Wow. All right, um, and yeah, what he said was what's kind of interesting about this. And, and he said exactly the same thing. is that "No, these are really valuable now because no one saved these things. Like right. this is something that you would just get your get your cards and." But the artwork on these, he he, he said, "I love the artwork on them." And um, yeah,
3: they really well, it does are. That's like a box of bazooka. You probably got them inside the box. Well, yeah, I can tell like, you, I can tell you one
2: thing. If that's from 1933, the gum must taste like crap. I know. Look at that, right? <laughs> They look like well,
3: tell you this: The one thing collectors have to be careful about with these wax packs, and it goes all the way through the 70s. Uh people used to iron them and reseal them with crap. They used to pull out the good cards, right, put them back in there, and then put like garbage in there and sell them for a lot of money. And so that's where you want to like get these things authenticated because it is very easy to dupe a pack of those.
1: Yeah. Like look at this. There's this promotion that I had you on here. So it says Three pictures of hockey players. Send fifty of any Ice King rappers. That's what yeah. this is. You know, send send these ra- fifty of these rappers, and it will mail you your choice of one of the following pictures: Howie Morans, Happy Day, Hooley Smith, King Clancy, R.L. Juliet, or Alan Shields. So, I'd probably
3: uh, take the Howie Morans. That's
0: good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at. I mean, this is like, it's pretty amazing when you think about like nineteen. Like this, this, this is the hockey cards were wrapped in almost. 90 80, 90, 80 years ago, right? I mean, this definitely. is like pretty crazy. So I thought that was really.
3: That's amazing. I love it.
1: Yeah. So, if you got anything else from X attic for X attic? Send it through, and we'll, we'll put it on the air. Um, okay. Then uh, to end, I do because we weren't on the air yesterday. I definitely wanted to talk about Ray Emery for for a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, what a shocking situation this was. And I know you covered Ray like I did in Philly, um, and and also in the Stanley Cup final in Ottawa, uh, and. Just a just a I really what I what I really respected about Ray Emery And I think it was it was really underplayed Um and he was very humble about it for everything You know, for, I mean obviously his days in Ottawa were crazy, right? And there was a lot of stuff that went on there the white Hummer was legendary the whole like, you know the, the drug stuff that went around and not not you know I don't know what was true and what wasn't but all the rumors that went around back then, you know I never really dug into it too much Um and I mean I you know Jason Spezza is a really good friend of his and a friend of mine would say like it's not you know it was just blown out of everything was blown out of proportion um don Brennan had a really great piece i guess you guys probably saw um that was fascinating where emery talked about how he was going to do some bungee jumping
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the off season to brennan when they were like had locker clean out day and Spetsa goes up to him afterwards and says do me a favor don't write that it's just jason Spetsa says to don Brennan because emery's just starting yeah ray's just starting to get his game together and people are going kind to of freak out if they see his bungee jumping in the off season right so this it was kind of interesting. How Jason was looking out for him, but um, what I really respected about him was, you know, he he was humbled by the whole thing. He was a great goalie in Ottawa. I mean, he was as fit, fast as anybody. He kind of reminds his style and everything that, in that run for those who are younger and don't really remember. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but if you know if you're really young, you don't remember that too well. Um, he his style and everything really reminds me a lot of what we just saw from Mark Andre Fleury in a lot of ways, like the similar kind of like quickness back and forth, um, huge saves at huge times. Um, and the Ottawa, the Ottawa run was was fantastic, um, but then you know of course the Senators just couldn't take a lot of stuff he did. They released him, which was surprising. He goes, he ends up going to Russia and playing, um, getting his, and then gets his hurts his hip, comes back and plays in different situations. But when his hip, his hip injured, so hip was injured, he comes back to Philly and actually did very well for the Flyers, and as a totally different goalie, as if he had like completely relearned the position um, from when he was in Ottawa because of his hip. He could no longer rely on that incredible back side to side quickness and became a
3: well, yeah, because he had to have a piece of his shin bone grafted into his his hip bone, which no player had ever successfully come back from that 100%.
1: Not to mention a goalie, right? Who's doing all I mean, you know, like so he, but he, he was smart enough to to play incredibly positionally. And I remember talking to him one time and him saying, yeah, if I, if I had been, able, if I had been this paid me this much attention to positional play when I had all my health, he says, I would have been dangerous. You know, he said that. And uh, it's, yeah, it's probably true because he in Ottawa just was sort of a very much of, you know, I mean, his numbers weren't outstanding because, you know, people scored more goals than a little bit, but you know, it was in the, that playoff run, but his, his, his huge momentum saves during that Stanley cup final run, that Stanley cup run were just, uh, you know, and then remember he's shared time with Ger- Gerber at different points too. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of controversy on him. So. You know,
3: here's the thing. I, If you take away the controversy for a yeah. minute, like in Philly he was really good. And actually during that season he was coming back because he only played 29 games the year before. He he was very philosophic. He, the yeah. players were behind him. He would tell us everything he was doing every moment. He would yeah. always talk to us. And you felt like he got to know him through the struggle and he, and he overcame it. But yeah. I always thought about Ray Emery long term was, he had the boxer's mentality, right? Like, yeah. he, if he wasn't a goalie, he'd be a boxer. And he always wanted to fight guys on the ice. He did fight guys on the ice. He had that demeanor off the ice. And so, like, boxers always led a hard life. And Ray yeah. Emery led a similar lifestyle. He really did. He
1: did. And, and you know, I mean, the, the famous, the famous um, game against the Capitals, you'll always remember, you know, like, that was – when he raced down the ice, that Flyers was it was the Capitals or was it Ottawa?
2: No, 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 the famous the famous game was against the Sabers after after Chris Neal knocked out Chris Drury, uh Emery came down the ice and first fought Marty Baron and then fought Andrew Peters. Right. Which, he didn't fight uh, Peters for long though. Peter No, no, no. But it was I mean it was enough for us. I mean yeah. it was like. It was like uh, you know, very rarely would a goaltender take on an enforcer, even though Andrew Peters wasn't much of one.
3: I just watched that video, and he was smiling when it happened; like he wanted that. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: he like. No, he did. He said it was one. He said it was his favorite part of the game. I remember saying that, and just like, you know, wasn't there wasn't there a big Capitals one too though um, in Philly? I'm sure it was Capitals one in Philly, yeah, because I remember this really well that they. Yeah, I mean, that one, I don't remember. Yeah, that they that was like set records for penalty minutes, and it was and Ray Emery was like you know. Well, yeah. they had
3: one with Ottawa that set records for. Maybe practice.
1: that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the one with Ottawa, right? And that was Emery I mean, skating down the ice getting in to fight. That one. That was I crazy. I missed that game. That was one of the games I missed. I missed it too. I was out of oh, I was out of in Philly. Um, <laughs> but I remember hearing the whole thing. So, yeah, that was. Um, it's just tragic, you know, when you lose a player, um, you know, and it really just, uh, you know, our heart goes out to everybody around him. Yeah. And you see he he a lot of friends in the NHL. You know, there were a lot of people that were pulling for him, I think, through a lot of different things. You did want to you did kind of want to root for him, you know. Couldn't help but want to root for him because I mean, and, and Ottawa, he was, you know. cover I remember covering that Ottawa thing. I remember some stuff where he was a little bit dismissive with me, but I don't remember as much. He wasn't at least in the Stanley Cup Finals. I didn't find him very difficult
3: to deal with. Um, no, I thought he was fine to deal with, but again, I and I wasn't in Ottawa. I had somebody covering him in Ottawa. I the thing about Emory was. He was young then. He got to be an older, mature guy. He still had demons off the ice. There's no question about it. Yeah. But but I did feel like, and you go and look online, and there's a ton of testimonials from former teammates. And you usually, for a guy like this that 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 had these troubles off the ice, you usually don't see that. And, yeah. and so, like, you know, I saw Carcillo, and I saw – Bissonette, and, and actually, Kyle Dubas chimed in because he, he, he
2: Dubis actually Dubis signed him yep. uh, as on a PTO a couple years ago when the Marlies had, had played seven goaltenders and the Leafs had called up a yeah. one. He played three games. That was his last pro uh, in North America. Was playing three games for the Marlies. Usually,
3: you, know, you won't see that many people chime in about a guy, but like I always say, he was interesting, and 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 that was the thing about him was even though you felt like you knew him you probably didn't know him but still he would let you know whatever part he wanted to let you know
1: yeah that's true and he he was um when he was on he was crazy on you know oh like yeah he, in games he, he was able to get really um he was able to really change, change he was a
3: good goalie i mean he was.
1: and and you know and in philly i remember i remember when they first got him i remember everybody being oh what are they doing i remember that whole feeling What are we doing getting ready. he just but then when he came here he was because I thought, oh, he's going to fight because remember the Gerber thing and everything. He was great. He, was, he got along really well with his other goalies when he was here. He just he never fought. He was always solid. He was a solid teammate. So,
3: And that was the start of it. You, that's a great point that you made, Eck, because yeah. I remember when he was in the goalie rotation and not playing a lot, yeah. he was not disruptive at all. And I remember no. talking about that and writing about that because that was the worry from, like, writers. It wasn't the worry from, from the Flyers, and clearly Paul Holmgren talked about him uh, the other day, too. That was the amazing thing. Was he took that all stride? It was very, he did a very good teammate.
1: He was very humbled by the by what happened. I think with Ottawa and what happened and being sent to Russia. I really think that you know that really put, and that really gave him perspective. And he was really intelligent. Like people don't realize how smart he was. Um, he was he was you know you got a lot of players out there who are smart, but. I found – and even though the way he talked, you know, he didn't necessarily talk, you know, in in grandiose ways, but you could tell just by talking to him and and talking to him about parts of the game and when he he would describe certain plays, he was really smart. Like, just one of those guys who had a huge amount of hockey intelligence, a high IQ for hockey. Um, So anyway, very missed, and really, really, really sorry to everybody out there related. Um, So um, that is all the time we have for today, and we really appreciate you guys watching. In in the summer, we know it's, uh, you know, we're gonna do it try to do it probably you know a little bit earlier we were talking about maybe doing shows a little bit earlier we'll figure that out but just stay tuned we'll always be here I'm gonna have another blog for you this afternoon remember without the buzz it is just hockey we will talk to you tomorrow